favorites. As we immerse ourselves in this very new world, new in terms of both setting and style, I thought it would be valuable to reflect on some of my favorite lines and highlight what I love about them. I chose three passages, which, taken together, capture much of what I love about Eliot's writing. The first one comes among the subtly satirical descriptions of the simple-minded villagers. She captures cleverly and poetically the human tendency to assign to what we don't understand the character of evil. For the rude mind, any power that can't be readily explained must come from the devil himself. So, Silas, with his medicinal herbs and his eccentric vocation, must also be able to shoot darts from his strange, bulging eyes. She says, quote, Such strange, lingering echoes of the old demon worship might perhaps even now be caught by the diligent listener among the gray-haired peasantry. For the rude mind with difficulty associates the ideas of power and benignity. A shadowy conception of power that by much persuasion can be induced to refrain from inflicting harm is the shape most easily taken by the sense of the invisible in the minds of men who have always been pressed close by primitive wants, and to whom a life of hard toil has never been illuminated by any enthusiastic religious faith. To them, pain and mishap present a far wider range of possibilities than gladness and enjoyment. Their imagination is almost barren of the images that feed desire and hope, but is all overgrown by recollections that are a perpetual pasture to fear." Unquote. When we are confronted with examples of an ignorant fear of the unfamiliar, insert your own pet example here, we can recall phrases like, pain and mishap present a far wider range of possibilities than gladness and enjoyment, and their imagination is almost barren of the images that feed desire and hope, but is all overgrown by recollections that are a perpetual pasture to fear. Another of my favorites was an observation made to encourage sympathy for poor Silas, when his faith in divine intervention was so abruptly shattered with the drawing of lots. Eliot observes that a reader accustomed to separating his faith from its forms in practice might expect Silas to have differentiated the two. But for his innocent and trusting soul, Lantern Yard, its people, and its practices were the very substance of his faith. That someone can hold their faith in that form is itself a fascinating observation. And it is also one that helps us to feel the extent of Silas's despair when everything that had given his life meaning is destroyed at once. She says, quote, To people accustomed to reason about the forms in which their religious feeling has incorporated itself, it is difficult to enter into that simple, untaught state of mind in which the form and the feeling have never been severed by an act of reflection. We are apt to think it inevitable that a man in Marner's position should have begun to question the validity of an appeal to the divine judgment by drawing lots. But to him, this would have been an effort of independent thought such as he had never known, and he must have made the effort at a moment when all his energies were turned into the anguish of disappointed faith. If there is an angel who records the sorrows of men as well as their sins, he knows how many and deep are the sorrows that spring from false ideas for which no man is culpable." Unquote. 
She does not want us to dismiss Silas as silly for ever having put his confidence in such a primitive practice. She wants us to empathize deeply with his shattered soul. Finally, I was fascinated and moved by this simple, heart-rending observation. Quote, Marner went home, and for a whole day sat alone, stunned by despair, without any impulse to go to Sarah and attempt to win her belief in his innocence. The second day, he took refuge from benumbing unbelief by getting into his loom and working away as usual. And before many hours were passed, the minister and one of the deacons came to him with the message from Sarah that she held her engagement to him at an end. Silas received the message mutely and then turned away from the messengers to work at his loom again. Unquote. The idea of taking refuge from a benumbing experience in an absorbing and monotonous task is one that, for me, took something vaguely familiar and relatable and expressed it in a way that made it all the more explicit and achingly clear. I'll always see the concept of escaping your sorrow with the dull routine of activity in the form of that image, Silas receiving the message mutely and turning back to his loom. If I were to describe what I love about George Eliot, it's that she seems to leave no spiritual stone unturned. And when I look at what she unearths, I feel a new clarity of understanding and a new humanity.